0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. and of course, plenty of rum. Head to visit barbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan.
2: You're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. And another busy show this week we will bring you all the fallout from Australia as Tim Payne steps down as captain just days after the squad for the first two test matches was named. International cricket returns to TalkSport 2 this week as India hosts New Zealand in a two-match test series. And we'll look ahead to that which starts on Thursday and finally we'll be joined by the incoming head of cricket at Derbyshire Mickey Arthur so plenty to discuss over the next hour you're listening to the Cricket Collective on Talk Sport 2 Hami <music> um, we've uh, got Robert Crash Craddock on the line from Brisbane, uh, and we'll get his take on uh, the extraordinary um, sexting scandal, which saw Tim Payne step down as captain. Um, I'm a little confused about the detail of it, but uh, it was it was a heck of a shock, wasn't it? We'll we'll find out more from uh, from Crash in just a moment. But in,
3: in, your initial thoughts? Yeah, it was a huge shock, and especially somebody who had been given the all clear a, a few few years ago when it when it actually happened, but unfortunately when you hold you know the highest you know the, you know the the leader of the the national team and I think the standards that you have to set unfortunately for Tim that the the Cricket Australia has decided that the the they want him to, to step down and whether that's a tactical thing from Australia's point of view thinking right we can get a better man in here um, because he's done his job um, but uh, it was a huge shock and something that in you know, the next two weeks, be leaning into the Ashes. It's going to be intriguing to see. One, is Tim Payne going to be in this side? Um, and two, if he isn't, who's going to replace him?
2: Crash, thank you so much for joining us. Your time is always of the greatest value. I see Cricket Tasmania have described uh, the treatment by Cricket Australia of Tim Payne as the worst of it by an Australian test captain in 50 years. Can you clarify? <laughs>
4: Yeah, since <clears throat> Bill Laurie, uh, a plumber by trade, was working out on his job and uh, was found out over the radio that he was being replaced by Ian Chapel as Australian Test captain in an Ashes series in seventy seventy one. So that is an incorrect. I mean, I, I get what they're saying, but it's 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 not a correct comparison, manners, for the reason that Tim Payne. Say what you like about. You know, the con- concessions in, uh, to, to adults who are very happy to communicate with themselves on a fairly sort of tawdry basis. But he did send photos of his genitals to this lady who was not his wife. So, yeah, th- there was an issue there. He didn't break any law, but, you know, there, there was not like Bill Laurie, who was just shunted out of the job, and wasn't even told he was sacked. So Tim was at fault. Uh, The incident happened before he was made captain. It appeared to Cricket Australia's board after he was made captain. They had a meeting about it. They had a lawyer in and the lawyer said, look, sexting is quite not rampant, but it's very frequent in Australian society now. And the board members looked at each other and scratched their heads and their chins. They didn't really know how to react. But the lawyer said that uh, because it was two consenting adults, there had been no crime.
2: Crash, um, so we are correct in thinking that Cricket Australia set up squeaky clean Tim to lead the new era of Australian cricket in the aftermath of uh, the Sandpaper Gate incident at Newlands in the full knowledge that there was this skeleton in the closet, which I assumed they thought would never
4: come out. Not quite right manners. They found out about uh, six months after they appointed him. Uh, That was when the lady complained to Cricket Australia. She's got currently fighting 63 charges of uh, stealing from uh, when she used to work at Cricket Tasmania. So, uh, and Tim's brother-in-law was also, he was actually sacked from Cricket Tasmania for a texting affair with the same woman. So, look, it's it's a tawdry affair at all levels. It really is. They took the gamble. It would never come out. And, you know, Harmony, you know this, uh, and Manners, you know this, sportsmen are risk-takers, you know. Yeah. It was a good life. He was leading as Australian captain, and he was eight weeks away from being scot-free, I reckon. If he'd have got through the last test against England and retired, it would have just suddenly – I'm not saying it would have, wouldn't have would have come up, but I, I have to say, Manners, I did know whispers about this two years ago. There was rumours that, you know, certain news outlets were poking around, chasing it, but no one, but the story didn't come out. And and Crash, the simple question is, does he play first test Brisbane? Yeah. Do you know what, Harmy? I've just been on a, a television show talking to Mark War about that. And he's – Tasmania playing a Sheffield Shield game at the moment, and he's not in it. He's playing second 11. So um, I think that it's so close. He took six catches yesterday. He made one today. Because he has been chosen in the squad and there's no second keeper, I think he's more likely to play than not. He looks pretty fit. He's had major neck surgery. He hasn't played since April. He's 36 years old. Australia generally, when their captain resigns, they they quit the game as well. Most Australian captains do. They rarely linger. But he has been chosen in this first test team. And I think the mood is that if he's physically sound, it's a very hard decision to drop him.
3: And who, do they take, who takes over than Crash? Because can the, I personally, uh, if I was an Australian, I wouldn't have a problem with Steve Smith going back as, as leader, but I'm sure that will cause even as many, many problems yeah. as Tim Payne has just had. But if it's not Steve Smith, um, who has you know, natural leader, done the job before, can you give it to Pat Cummins with five test matches in so many short spaces of time with his body? Or do they go with someone like Marnus Labashian?
4: Well, uh, Cummins will get it. Uh, he will be the new captain of Australia. It's interesting in Australian cricket history, no Australian fast bowler has ever captained an Australia to win a test. I mean, <laughs> we've been playing for 140-odd years or a bit more. So uh, there's a moral behind that, isn't it? That it's not really suited to fast bowlers. And Harmy, I'd be interested in your perspective. Uh, have, you know, you've saw, saw a few around the traps like Sean Pollock. But, Pat last captain, seriously, in about the under-13s. He did New South Wales last year, but he was always the youngest guy in his team, being a superstar on the rise. So he very, was very rarely captain. So he's a really cerebral guy. Everyone likes him. But it has to be, for my money, P. Cummins captain and S. Smith vice-captain. Harmy, you could not have Steve Smith captain because of uh, Sam Gate. I wrote a column the other day saying Smith must be vice-captain because he can run the ship while Cummins is resting between overs and Cummins has as a bowler you've got to get the vice captain you want i mean we're not talking Graham smith captain here or um, you know Hussein, someone who makes the vice captain invisible we're talking a, a bowler who needs help and that has to be smith but when i wrote it within 2 hours there was 20 comments saying mate you're kidding Archer. we've got to move on so it's 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 uh, it's an issue yeah, there's, there's moving on, but having
3: the right man to lead your ship is, for me, is, is huge. And I would, again, there's a reason why. Yeah, there's always a reason why some things never happen, which is a fast bowler being a captain. You know, Sean Pollock, he was an all-rounder. Um, he could get in the side as a, you know, as a batsman alone in that South African side, batting at number seven. But for me, I'm sorry. You, you, if if you put too much pressure on Pat Cummins, England that could be the difference in England and winning the Ashes because yes. both batting units for me are are frail and they're to be got at. Mm. And if Pat Cummins has got more eye on the captaincy, more worries on what's happening with his batting unit and his team as a collective unit, and he doesn't get the ball right, in the right areas with that Cuckoo ball, which is yeah, you, know, you know how how dangerous it is for for short periods of time. And all of a sudden them little small margins could be the difference between yeah you know, England winning a test match and taking a, taking the series or yeah, I just I just look at that I just look at that decision being a very, very big gamble for Australia if it if it yeah, you know, if if there's nobody else then fine. But as much as yeah, you know, Steve Smith, yes, I'm not Australian, but if there's a natural leader there who's done it before, I think you've got to go with mm. that because I don't think this is the Australia of old. I think the captain of this ship is a, is a big call. And if it's Pat Cummins for five test matches, the, I think England will be happier with that than, than they
4: would be with Steve Smith. Harmony it's such a great debating point, isn't it? And the only thing is you've got to live in Australia to understand mm. the ferocity of Sandpaper Gate. And, the, you know, when because we're replacing a captain after a scandal, there's a feeling that you cannot go back to the captain of the previous scandal who the captain of the latest scandal replaced. So, and I get that. I truly do. Like even pushing Smith as vice captain, it's a risky business. Here's the thing though. Smith wants the captaincy. Cummins doesn't really care if he gets it. He said, if you need me to do your favor, I'll do it. But he doesn't covet it at all. So I I wouldn't mind seeing Manus Labu Shane as an assistant vice captain. That sounds a bit, bit uh bit silly doesn't it but i think he's 27 years old he's got a batting average of nearly 60 they all say he's a very immature lad and i get that but you've got to give a guy a chance to grow you know let him get him in the system there he gets so well with smith they can work together but i think you've got to look to the future a bit i've urged them to do it i bet they don't
2: (laughs) crash just finally before we we let you go um what seems to me to be more problematic and I mean this from a playing perspective is the way I mean Cricket Australia chair a couple of days ago said that the current board first of all he distanced himself from the decision that was made in 2018 he then said that the board if given the same information today would have reached a different decision he then said that the code of conduct which applied to the players was fit for purpose so how come the decision was made it, the way it was in 2018 and, but it would be made differently now. And my, my concern is that the rest of the playing group will feel and possibly be affected by the fact that Tim Payne has been thrown under a bus by administrators.
4: Oh, and try the new captain. The players are very, very, very much aware of that. Don't worry that they, they think, gosh, you know, who, who people don't cover the Australian captaincy manners like they used to. It used to be the golden prize, but a lot, a lot of people like Pat Cummins now. He doesn't care whether he gets it or whether he doesn't because he, he feels he will be abandoned. Oh, sorry, a lot of the players do. I can't say Cummins specifically, but I know the players as a group feel, you know, like the, the board would just if there's a sniff of controversy, they run in the opposite direction. So it's a great point you make. There's so many contradictions in this. I mean, for a start, the board's got nothing to do with it. It's an integrity department decision. They found him not guilty. So I don't like the thought of boards overruling integrity departments. They should be independent. And, and whatever decision they make, better for worse, that's why you hire them, you know? So there was contradiction everywhere. We could talk for another hour about it, but the bottom line is Australia lacks leadership. It's everyone's fighting. There's three members of the current Cricket Australia board who have said, we should not have pressured Tim Payne into resigning. They're not saying it publicly, but they say, what did we do that for? You know, so it's on, mate. Australia has an uncivil war happening two weeks out from the ashes.
2: Thanks for your time, Crash. It's always a pleasure talking to you and we appreciate your insight. Lovely to join you, boys. And it's time now, as promised, to hear from the current Sri Lanka coach, soon to be Derbyshire coach, Mickey Arthur who uh, has been appointed as Derbyshire's Head of Cricket. Earlier this week, I spoke to Mickey in Colombo about his time in charge of Sri Lanka, what the future holds at Derbyshire and his thoughts on England's chances in the ashes. Mickey, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Let's start immediately with um, the news that uh, you're, you've are you signed for Derbyshire. Um, it's uh, It's a huge boon for the county game um, and I know that uh, after traveling the world and becoming the most experienced international coach in history, you're probably looking forward to having a bit more, I don't know, um, stability, having a, some roots.
0: Yeah, look, I, I am, man. It's been, you know, it's sort of been 13 years now of international travel as an international coach, which has been incredible, you know, Um uh, you know I, I was tempted perhaps to have another look at at, at another year or two with Sri Lanka but Derbyshire uh, the project just interested me everything about Derbyshire just just interested me you know my mentor was the late Eddie Barlow you know and he 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 turned Derbyshire around so he used to tell stories about Derbyshire County Cricket Club. My first coach Fred Swalbrook he he was a Derbyshire stalwart so when the, when the opportunity came up, I just thought, you know what, it would be really, really good because Derbyshire are struggling at the moment, let's be honest. They, they're languishing at the bottom. They've got some some pretty good young players and it's going to be a project to try and take them forward.
2: That was going to be my next question. Um, you know, at international level, you pretty much most of the time are working with the finished product. It's just a question of, of polishing. And there's so much movement and travel and I mean, this is a, an opportunity, I suppose, to work with seedlings and, and to actually grow something from, you know, through a course of, of a few years. Is that what you're looking forward to?
0: Yeah, exactly right. I'm really looking forward to, to having a look at the squad, shaping it, making it putting my hand on it and, and then trying to guide some young players to be the best they can be. And get a little bit of a success along the way. So, it certainly is something that that really I, I love building teams. Building teams for me is is uh, the best attribute I, I, I can have. I, I love just getting stuck in, identifying a brand, having a look at some talent, mixing mixing some guys up, trying guys in different positions, giving them opportunity, and then and then just seeing how far they can take it. So that is something I'm really looking forward to.
2: I know you've always kept in touch with the global game. I mean, I know that uh, you, you always know what's going on around the world. So um, the Azim Rafiq hearings, um, uh, developments, I know that you'll have been acutely aware of that. Um, and also probably that he said that the month he spent on loan at Derbyshire was the happiest of his career. Um, what, what have you made of it, Mickey? Uh, it's all very distressing and upsetting.
0: It, it has been incredibly distressing and, and upsetting, and and manners. I, I you know I've taken a, a real real interest in it because I am going into the English game now, so it is something I need to be acutely aware of. So I've I've watched it, I've followed it, and 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 it has been it's been very distressing to say the least. You know to yeah you know, racism. Let's just be honest; has absolutely no place in any society. So to see and hear what he what he had to put up with has been has been pretty harrowing.
2: Mickey, one thing that you've always done very well is create uh, a dressing room culture, I suppose. Um, and there was criticism of, of the director of cricket, Martin Moxon, and and, uh, and and the coaches. How much responsibility does the coach take uh, for, for building that culture and, you know, being responsible for the way players treat each other? It's a difficult one, isn't it?
0: Yeah, look, it is a difficult one. And it's hard to comment on that because... If you're not actually in it, you, you actually don't don't understand it, I guess, and understand the exact circumstances that was happening within that dressing room. So it would it, it, be a bit foolhardy on me to, to comment on it without actually knowing the, the exact detail. Um, I, what I do know, though, is, is a coach is wholly responsible for that culture in that dressing room and is responsible for driving that culture forward, be that on the field and off the field. And that's something I've always been very acutely aware of and something that I've always taken a pride in ensuring that it's uh, both facets on and off the field are going in the right direction. Can you just tell
2: us what your role specifically will be at at Derbyshire? I, I think you were described as head of cricket, which is a title that I'm not familiar with.
0: Yeah, so it's basically, to for in, in layman's terms and how it was described to me when I actually um, spoke to them, it's, it's director of cricket in a track suit. So, so I, I'm, I, I'll be pretty much heading up all aspects of Derbyshire's cricket. I'll, I'll have a, a role to play in the talent pathway. I'll, I'll have a, a, I've got a role to play in obviously signing of players, direction. And then, you know me, in terms of my role, is, is that I will also be... Hands on with uh, with with the first team, making sure that it's going in the right direction. What it does do as 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 director of cricket is is it'll free me up to go and have a watch of some 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 younger players, go and have a watch of our second eleven as well, um, and also then you know in recruitment, which is such an important part of any professional county. So I'll have I'll have my fingers across across all parts of the cricket operation in the business.
2: I mentioned you being the most experienced. Uh, you're the only man in history, you know. I'm, I'm semi-obsessed with this. To have coached four Test teams, it is a vast treasure trove of experience. Is that what? What did the, the people at Derbyshire expect from you? What What are they asking for from you?
0: Uh, look, I, I think I think Derbyshire Derbyshire cricket had, had had a particularly poor year last year. It certainly needs some str- some change. It It certainly needs an, an unblinkered view. It needs somebody coming in from the outside and, and, and assessing the structure, assessing the system, um, assessing the playing list, um, and, then, and then putting together something that's going to drive that club forward. So, so it, next year would, would, would be pretty much, you know, because the, the list is by our overseas players that I'm in the process of trying to sign, the list is 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 pretty much signed. So I'll have a look, I'll assess it, um and then and then put my my style into it, I guess, and and make sure that we that we we put together a squad that's going to really challenge in all competitions. Talking of change,
2: you you had to make quite a a few changes at Sri Lanka, and it just seems that you know you've you turned this massive corner with them. Um, and everybody was talking after the T20 World Cup about how exciting Sri Lanka was. And I saw Darren Sammy just yesterday said that, uh, you know, look out for Sri Lanka in next year's T20 World Cup. Young players like Charat Sri Lanka, Winindu Hasaranga. Um, it seems like a, a slightly strange time to be leaving them with such a bright future.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I guess it is. You know, we, we put together quite a nice side there. And 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 that had taken taken some time for us. Sri Lankan cricket went through all sorts of change, and 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 the one thing I can hang my hat on is that, yeah, you know, I was I was fairly instrumental in being the change agent for them, if you like, in in terms of in terms of plotting the direction of a of a new young team. So I'm pretty excited to watch these guys develop. Uh, the the one thing I will say is is and the one thing I do know for a fact is that. After this this test series against the West Indies, and hopefully we go out with a win. And if we do, I, I can walk away knowing that I've left Sri Lankan cricket in a far better space than when I arrived. So, that, so that's something I'll I'll certainly hang my hat on. Moving to a more global aspect, if I may, how healthy
2: is is world cricket, um, and and what, what what does the future hold? You know, with the IPL expanding to ten teams. Um, the World Test Championship being squeezed, all bilateral cricket being squeezed by domestic T20 leagues. Are you cautiously optimistic or a little nervous about the future?
0: No, I'm still cautiously optimistic. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm I'm always a glass half full guy. The, the the leagues survive on international cricket, and 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 the reason I say that is because your international cricket is still your shop window. The players are still owned by the countries. They have to get NOCs to participate. In the leagues, and I think that is that is still a very very good rule because that keeps the integrity of of, of international cricket. I do think they can coexist uh, without a doubt. There's going to be numerous. Uh, I mean, the cricket is is just is just never ending. You know, the the cycle is. You just go from one from one game to the next. So you need bigger squads. You need to 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 develop um, younger players. You, you need to 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 make sure your players develop a lot quicker. But I do think that, that world cricket's in a, in a fairly good state. You know, we saw the amount of, of viewers that the, that, that the World 2020 had. It's a never-ending treadmill. But it happens because there's a genuine interest and people are genuinely interested in watching it.
2: All right, jumping around here. A.B. de Villa is a man you know very well. Um, he, he'll no longer be, be seen, at least in a playing capacity, on a cricket field. That's um,
0: finding that quite quite difficult to... To digest at the moment look ab i mean what what more can can people say about him he's just a just an absolute legend of the game he's uh, he'll he'll go down as one of as, as one of the greats one of the pioneers of 360 batting he'll always be remembered and rightly so because he he was just a just a true champion tell us something that we might not know about him without without
2: breaking any secrets
0: Abi, oh, Abi a- 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 was it, during my time with him. He was just such an infectious, infectious human being. Um, I'll tell you one thing that people don't know was he he did babysit my kids once in Australia when when he y- and I went out for dinner. Him and Mornay Morkel. I left my daughters in there in their company and in, the, in the hotel. So uh, so th- that's something he did. But he was just such an infectious character. What what a wonderful, wonderful man. And you know it's. Um, as I say, it, words you, you can't speak speak more highly of him.
2: Okay, you mentioned uh, England in Australia, so I have to ask you, not necessarily for a scoreline prediction, but um, so your thoughts on on where the strengths and weaknesses of the two teams lie? How do you think the the ashes might go?
0: Uh, it, it's, it's, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a very well fought series. Um, I think Australia have have their noses in front in those conditions. I think um, if if one had a look at it, I think the the Australian seam bowling attack, I think, is is just ahead of of England's. Um, I think on the spinner front, I think Nathan Lyon bowls unbelievably well in in Australia. They they certainly shade that. Um, And then with the likes of Warner coming back to form, Warner Smith, you've got two versus probably Joe Root, if you like. I um, mean that's and you know in terms of I'm talking in terms of 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 legendary batting status. So I do think that um, that Australia are just are just noses in front there for sure. brittle England top order perhaps. Yeah, look I, I think I think untried top order um well you got Rory Burns who's who's done Rory Burns has 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 done has done well. I think Rory Burns has done as well as Rory Burns could do with it with, with the way he sets up. He's a gutsy cricketer, you know. He, he'll hang in there. But then I do rate, I, I, I do really rate Zach Crawley. I, I've I've watched quite a lot of Zach Crawley, and I, I rate him quite highly. I think I think he's a very good player if given an extended run. You know, Ollie Pope's a a, a, a good player. He he he's going to come under a little bit of scrutiny, but I think he will survive. I think his technique's good enough to survive. And and I think Joe Root is is a master. I think Joe Root and and stats tell you he's. He's top, top four in the world. So a lot will depend on how Joe Root bats. We're wrapping up
2: now, Mickey. I'm so grateful for your time. I really, really appreciate it. But I just need to ask you uh, one more question about Sri Lanka and one more question about Derbyshire. Uh, and, and, well, Sri Lanka, first of all, um, I presume very, very bright future. I see Angelo Matthews has been recalled to the test squad as well.
0: Yeah, look. Uh, w- with our test squad, our test squad is in quite a good, sh- quite a good place. Karuna Chinnaratna leads it. He's a very good test cricketer. Angelo Matthews, um, he comes in. Uh, uh, Saranga Lakmal comes back. He's a he's he- he's exceptional with his control in these in these conditions. Gets a little bit of reverse swing. Um, so 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 the, the the older sort of players come back in. The, uh, the other test player we get is um, uh, Lasith emboldenya who's a wonderful left arm spinner so 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 our test team is in, is in a really good really good shape and those senior players play in that test team totally as as leaders and the younger boys certainly follow them. It was in the white ball where we, where we changed it up quite a bit because we thought we'd got to a point with our white ball cricket that it needed an injection of youth. We needed to back some of these younger players to to perform and and give them time at least until 2023. To, to become experienced in, in white ball cricket. So that was kind of the differentiate, the differential between our test team and our and our, our white ball team. Um, but the test team was always going to include the, 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 the elder players.
2: And finally, back to Derbyshire, I find the concept of you living in a house with a garden um, and postal That's deliveries really quite strange. Um, it's, you've been living in a hotel for the last two and a half years. You're gonna to have to live without room service. Where are you gonna live?
0: Well, they they they're renting me a nice little. I've asked for a little a little uh, a apartment or a little cottage somewhere. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. You're right. I, you know, Pakistan for three years, and and then I haven't lived out out of a hotel room for for five five and a bit years, apart from the three months between leaving Pakistan and, 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 and taking the Sri Lanka uh, option. It was actually interesting. You, you, you laugh about it. You know, I've, I've got to go through all this rigmarole in terms of getting police clearance and that. And the first question that I always get asked is address. Well, I actually don't have an address at the moment because <laughs> my house in Perth is, is sold. Uh, my, my daughters my daughters are living in their, in their flats. Uh, you know, they've, they, they've moved on. I actually don't own any property anywhere and i actually i actually don't have an address so it's it's, it's quite embarrassing
2: <laughs> well um we look forward to, to seeing you um, in derbyshire and i'm sure that uh, once your new employers find out that you don't have an address they will speed up the process of hiring you somewhere <laughs> so you can get deliveries
0: spot on i'm gonna i'll tell you what i am gonna need the a, a number of the laundry service and uh and and, a food, and and a food delivery number for sure.
2: That was soon to be Derbyshire head of cricket, Mickey Arthur. Harmi, uh, a lot that uh, he, he had to say there. Big fan of Zach Crawley, just like you are. Um, and he completely admits that Derbyshire is struggling and he's, uh, he's got his work cut out.
3: Yeah, he's got his work cut out, but I think it's brilliant for English cricket that we can attract somebody of the stature of Mickey Arthur to come and coach in first-class cricket. The the players at Derbyshire, young players at Derbyshire are in for a real treat because some of the players Mickey's coached and the teams he's coached around the world during his time of coaching are fantastic. He's he's coached some of the best teams in the world, some of the best players in the world. So I think Derbyshire have pulled off a coup there for me and it's whether the young players can... You know, relate to Mickey and work hard with Mickey because he he's a hard worker, um, and I think it's fantastic for English cricket that we've got somebody like that, that in our system. You know, I remember when Andy Flower came over to 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 help Essex, and then he ends up going on to coach in England. You know, some of the players that came out of Essex at the time and then you know went on. Uh, this is this is good for English cricket, and and our know, fingers crossed. Everybody in Derbyshire is excited to see somebody like Mickey come and coach them.
2: Right, five weeks, with five weeks to go before the first Ashes test, we started uh, Harmi's top five memories. We couldn't fit... Uh, top five Ashes memories, that is. We couldn't fit in number four last week because uh, we were so busy with the uh, Azim Rafiq story. Um, so we're going to do number four and number three today, Harmi. So um, off you go just before the break.
3: Well, number four is Lords 2005 for me. You know, five was the, the great atmosphere of Sydney with Steve Wall's magnificent 100 in about three hours. But for me, this one is the first two hours of, of Lords. It was unbelievable. I've never experienced noise at Lords like it. Normally, when you walk through the long room, you've actually got to usher them out the way to say, can I, excuse me, pardon me, get the members out of the way so you can, like, they look at you as to say, well, what are you on about? Well, I'm playing out there in two seconds if you let me get past you. Um, or they're looking at you as to say, oh, no, they've picked him again. But this was different. It was all roped off. It was a crescendo of posh people cheering. I've never heard noise like it. Rocking out, rockers. Yeah, you know, I was brilliant. Yeah, you know. Hayden got hit. On the head, first up, Langer got hit in the arm, Ponton got obviously hit in the head. England were fired up. We bowled them out for 190, and England think, right, we can win the Ashes. But then Glenn McGrath turned up, and I got my name on the honours board, so which was pleasing. And then Glenn McGrath made my 5 for 40, look like 5 for 150, because I think at the end of play, you had 5 for 8 or something like that. So we were. it was a great atmosphere, it was a great deer. It was a deer that England, the Test match England, got beaten. But it was also a realisation that this bowling unit can bowl Australia out and take 20 wickets and we can win the Ashes. Number three a bit later on, well, I'll give you a clue, 15 years to the day when this happened.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: we look forward to
2: it. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. In case you missed it, international cricket returns to TalkSport 2 on Thursday as World Test Champions New Zealand face India in a two-match test series. We'll look ahead to that next up. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with the Institute of Cricket Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt Now imagine them getting even softer over time For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visit barbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan.
0: Here's that Oh, oh, oh dear me. All the gear and no idea. Derratt off the back foot. Oh, oh my goodness, that is going away at a rate of not- Anytime you play India,
4: you know, you're always going to be the underdog regardless of whether you're the world number one. Here is that again. Yeah. Balled him! Williamson over the
1: wicket, pulling hard and pulling high and pulling long. K Williamson not mucking around. And he's out! Ha ha ha! bolt.
4: We can say we're world champions now when it's something something different, you know, trying to retain it. Couldn't think of a harder place to to start. You don't want to
2: go off and put the kettle on here, do you? You're going to miss something. (laughs) Every single ball something's happening. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler, Steve Harmison. If you missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, you can download the podcast, as always, now available on the following on feed via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. Right, World Test Champions, inaugural World Test Champions, New Zealand begin the defence of their crown in a two-test series against India, which will be live on TalkSport 2 this Thursday. Here's uh, New Zealand fast bowler Neil Wagner telling us how much the team are looking forward to it.
1: No one can take it away from me. It's, uh, it's something that's pretty special I'm still very proud of. Uh, I guess the
3: main thing for us now is put our head down and try and defend it. Um, give ourselves every best chance to, to play the cricket we've been playing, the brand we've been playing and, and make New Zealanders proud. I think that's the main thing. Um, whatever the result is, as long as we obviously leave everything out there and give it our best and give it our all and, and play the way we play, uh, the rest will take care of itself. So um, hopefully yeah, things can unfold our way. Um, but yeah, pretty confident that the boys and we, the crew we've got here um, is ready to get stuck in and put their hand up. So looking forward to the challenge.
2: Team compositions a really interesting, one, isn't it, for New Zealand?
3: Yeah, it is, and it's. I, I'm trying to work out how they're gonna they're gonna the try and line up. You know, there was talk of them playing three spinners, which means you know, mm-hmm. somebody like Carl Jamieson would miss out. But Carl Jamieson he didn't play a great deal in the 2020 World Cup, and the balance of their side could be huge. If they play, They want to play two spinners, three spinners, and Mitchell Satner has to bat number six, then I don't think these games are going to go three days because you know, it's, it's one thing playing in India in England to get for the World Test Championship. But like we've seen with England um, in, in Chennai and, and yeah, in, in in India uh, last winter, that the, the, you've got to have... You know, you've got to have proper players and the batting unit has gotta be, you know, rock solid. And unfortunately if you've got a number eight coming in at number six because the balance of your side doesn't work, to try and get bowlers into your side, then you're gonna struggle. So for me, it'll be interesting to see how, how they how the line up. They've got batters in that group, but have they got enough, you know, all round depth to fill to try and get two uh, to to try and get twenty wickets. Wagner's probably gonna play. That's not you, it's not a test match without Wagner trying to wang it in halfway down a wicket and trying to hit the Indian batsmen, which will be very, very difficult on these two surfaces that they're going to play on. But I'd expect Southie to play, I'd expect Wagner to play, then Santner. And it's just which of the other two bowling all-rounders that can try and fit into a group to make sure they've got enough batting options um, and also enough bowling options to take 20 wickets. I look at England going to India last year, and there was a hell of a lot on Joe Root. I actually think there's going to be more on Kieran Williamson in this side than there was on, on, on Root last year. So it's going to be intriguing to see what side a New Zealand player. But like I said before, never write New Zealand off in a team sport because they seem to somehow find a way to be a competitive and give themselves a chance. This will be a, tough, a tall order against a, a very, very good and a very, very strong bowling unit, spin bowling unit of potentially Axel Patel. Um, Ravinder Jadeja and R. Ashwin that will trouble any top order batsman
2: after India won in Australia won the test series and uh, before England went to India we were discussing whether it was the best Indian team and I think we reached the conclusion so if not before they beat India uh, beat England comfortably then certainly afterwards that they were the best Indian test team in terms of depth and all round quality um, in terms of fast bowling and spin bowling and, and batting depth And I think we can reach the same conclusion about the New Zealand team, can't we? Certainly in terms of depth. I mean, they've got match-winning spinners. um, And whereas for decades and decades they had certain brilliant match-winning players, individuals, um, and some journeymen to make up the numbers, this now is the real deal for New Zealand. This is probably their best best team ever, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I think it's the best pool of players ever. I'm not sure other than out of this group Williams and Taylor probably Southey, would get into an all-time New Zealand team but actually the the 11 when you look at the group of players that that they've got without you know sticking Bolt in there as well as a competitive unit as a team goes I, I don't think there's been meta, many better New Zealand sides so from that point of view yes I think they are probably the best pool of players that New Zealand's had um, as a collective unit, and the same as India, because if you look at this India side, you're going to have Kiel Raul ruled out injured today. You're going to have no Rohit Sharma. You're going to have no Jasper Bumrah, no Mohammed Shami, and no Virat Kohli. And I think these games might go three days, both two, two, two test matches against New Zealand, because of how how strong India are in their own back garden. So that tells you everything about the depth of the Indian group as well. But from a, a New Zealand point of view, like I said before, you're always worried to write them off, but I think the balance of the side that New Zealand need, especially in Campo, the first Test match, they could then have to leave a batsman out to play a bowler who probably can't bat.
2: Don't forget that uh, New Zealand are also without Devin Conway um, yeah. with uh, and also Trent Bolt, who's Trent out Bolt, with yeah. um, bubble fatigue. So uh, maybe that's a, a way for Carl Jameson to 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 get into the team there with, uh, with Wagner and, and Southie um i mean KL rahul has uh, just been ruled out as well so there are some big names missing and yet and yet it's still really really compelling i mean you know you it's like a, a really good premiership squad i mean you can take out half a dozen teams uh, players uh, out of a out of a chelsea starting 11 or a man city or uh, Liverpool and you know you you don't think oh I'm not going to go <laughs> yeah
3: exactly and that that's what you look at this this India side I think if if anything you'd say the seam bowling options are are a bit thinner but I look at the batting options <laughs> you look at Agarwal you know top three of um, IPL cricket in the last two or three years, consistently scoring you know, big runs, decent runs. We haven't mentioned Sarah who will probably make his test match debut batting at number four. Well, Virat Kohli has the first week off. Um, Rahani needs a score, but you know, captain seems, seems to bring the best out of a jinky Rahani. And obviously the, mentioned as well, no Rishad Pant. I don't think Rashad Pant is uh, is not is not going to be involved. So Wideman Saha is going to get his test match. I think it's his test match debut. He might have played one test match. But he's he's going to play. So as much as you know the, the the big game, the big guns, and some of the big names aren't there. This is still going to be a very very good India side in India, um, and that's that's why you know you look at the New Zealand side and you think well even though th- there are a couple of players missing, there's there's a huge amount of pressure again on, like we say with England with with Joe Root, there's a huge amount of pressure on on. Kane williamson to score the bulk of the runs to give new zealand something to bowl at and also something to to somehow to try and find a way of put themselves in a winning position in a test match new zealand are good at that but um, they're going to have to do very very well with the likes of 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 trent bolt especially not playing ross
2: taylor is a legend of new zealand cricket he's um, you know world-class player has been for a long time Um, he was told six months ago that uh, he wasn't going to be part of the t20 world cup squad um, and that he was uh, being rested from various series, and he's admitted that um, that it's the longest break he's had from the game in his uh, in his mid thirties for since he started, really. Um, and I imagine he'll be very, very fresh and, and, and hungry to go. But I get your thoughts on what such a long break uh, might do to a to a player of his age and experience. But this was him talking about New Zealand still being the underdogs despite uh, India resting so many stars.
4: Any time you play India. Uh, at home is, you know, you're always going to be the underdog regardless of whether you're the world number one or, or where they sit in international cricket at the time. But obviously they're resting a couple of players, but they're still a uh, formidable side. They know these conditions really well and um, the way we adapt to these conditions uh, is going to be the key going forward. But um, obviously these conditions are a lot foreign to us. Um, but You know, some of the guys have played here many a time before and um, we'll be looking forward to hopefully using that experience to make things slightly easier. But, you know, we know it's going to be tough. He,
2: he seemed quite happy he, when he was initially left out of the of various teams, of the T20 squad a, a year or so ago. He was uh, a bit grumpy about it and said he wanted to play every format and still wanted to play every game. But um, he accepted with apparently very good grace his omission from recent squads, from recent tours um, in order to be saved for these two test matches. So. I should imagine he's raring to go.
3: Yeah, he'd be desperate to get out in the middle. Um, and I think sometimes when you are at the age that Ross is at, it's a case of, well, you know, can, I, can I prolong my career another year and another year? And it's, it, you go year upon year. It's like having a you know a 35, 36-year-old footballer, just getting a one-year contract at the end of it. still top of their game. But they need that drive. They need that, that little bit of... A little bit of rest, but also you know to still be involved in international cricket is something that will be driving Ross on. Um, and this is a, a, a big series because, as you see, he hasn't had this break for a while. So he hasn't had as big a break for a while, so he'll be be raring to go. Um, and uh, again, like Williamson, there's pressure, a huge amount of pressure on Ross Taylor's shoulders to score the runs, the volume of the runs that New Zealand need to give them a good chance of, of being in a position, and a winning position. But I think... It, New Zealand are going to have to use all the experience of Williamson and Taylor in that middle order to somehow find a way of getting them a score, and you know he's got bags and bags of experience. Um, just hopefully the layoff hasn't, you know, derailed anything of his if he's, he's hunger for the game because sometimes. You can after a while, you know, if especially you know the the age that Ross is getting, um, it, it just knocks you a little bit, and I think that is the the biggest challenge for Ross Taylor being able to switch on and switch off from having long periods away from the game.
2: And finally, a look at the composition of the Indian team now. If they bat um, Virendra Saha, the keeper, at number six. It's probably a position too high, although he does bat there in domestic cricket. Then they can also play three spinners with uh, Jadeja, Ashwin and Axar Patel and two seamers um, if they decide to, to go that, that route. Um, I... I you know, what I find really, really exciting is the fact that the World Test Championship means there are 120 points available, 60 points a test match. Mm-hmm. I mean, the system's uh, <laughs> the system is far from perfect because you play five Ashes tests and you only get 20 points uh, or 25 points um, per test match. Here, there's 120 points available. So it's not, you know, if it was just two odd... Two two random test matches, then uh, the Indian selectors say, "Well, it's, it's only New Zealand. We can we can do that. We can have a long tail." But you know, <laughs> these they they played in the inaugural World Test Championship, and it meant a heap to both of them. So they can't take selection lightly here.
3: No, I don't, and then they haven't. I don't think they have. I think they've they've looked after their their big guns who have been travelling the world, um, the likes of Shami, Bumrah, Pant, Sharma. Um, Virat, it just tells you Virat's going to play, he's going to miss one test match um, and he's going to come back and play in the second test match, so India are taking it seriously and with them that many points on the board, two test match victory, here you, 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 you're three quarters of the way towards being in the final, to be fair, <laughs> for the next time it comes around, these are, it's a good India side, it's a very good India side you know, Kampor in the, in the first first test match, uh, Mumbai second test match, maybe he's a little bit more pace on the on the in the surface in 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 uh, in Mumbai so you might just get two spinners uh, in that test match a um, bit more of a, a better bat and wicket but i think camphor was saying it's going to be a lot drier a lot dustier so three spinners each side could be the way to go. And if India go in with three spinners in that side, Wittemann Saha at six, yes, he might be one place too high. But when you've got Ravinder, Jadeja, R. Ashwin and Axar Patel to bat behind them, one of them's going to come in at nine. That's mm. good. That That's decent. And I think that could be the difference between the balance of the India side and the balance of the New Zealand side.
2: And a reminder, you can hear live commentary of India's two-match test series against New Zealand and you can hear it live on TalkSport 2 this Thursday from 4am. Me and Harmi are on the team. To listen, download the free TalkSport app or ask your smart speaker to play TalkSport 2. Uh, this is the uh, section of the programme where we wrap up all the other news or as much as we can fit in. Starting with uh, the fallout, further fallout from uh, the Azim Rafiq case after it emerged that uh, he had sent anti-Semitic messages to a fellow player on Facebook. It was a long time ago, Harmi. A lot of people are are being made to regret things they did over a decade ago when they were young and naive and and, uh, not the people they are today. It doesn't distract or detract from the wider issue, which is the way he and other people... Were treated and continued to to be treated. I mean, the fact that he he sent this message uh, is something that he regrets and he's apologised for. But it just for me doesn't change the big picture.
3: No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it just puts him on the bottom of the list. That on the other side of the list that have been. He needs to know that he did wrong and he he should know better. For me, it, two wrongs make a wrong, and it's as simple as that. Uh, what happened to Azim was wrong. What Azim did was wrong. The problem that Azim was always going to have, and he, he still has to, there still possibly could be, is when you start throwing accusations around, which Azim did, and the accusations were serious. They weren't followed up, and he kept it going, which was you know we commend him for because I think it he makes real change to our to our great game, and to society as well. But you know he made he made a wrong as well, and when you put yourself in a position of azim people are going to fight back and people are going to have things on other people and you're going to open a whole new can of worms that you weren't expecting to, to go down from a road point of view but is this not why this has happened is this not why we are trying to make society better is this not why we are trying to help people in our game be comfortable in our game and you know, be feel as though they're wanted in our game and make sure that when 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 they get to an age where they're not getting victimized, they're not getting bullied and not getting picked on because of what we're going through now. And I think sometimes you might have to the storm might have to get a little bit more choppy before it actually gets calmer and gets better and we can move forward with that. And I think that is something that in the next few weeks is going to be so important. Yorkshire had a, a whistleblower hotline. 36 people came forward. Fantastic. Well done. Great. 36 people have come forward because we need the whole lot to come out and then we can start rebuilding our great game, whether it's at Yorkshire, whether it's with England, whether it's with society. And I think that's the most important thing. So I don't think we're anywhere near through it. I think there is still a lot to come from the fallout of what happened in front of the MPs and Azim Rafiq. But I think every step we take forward is a a better one for, for society and for cricket moving forward.
2: OK, Harmi, we've got your uh, Ashes number 3 moment to come. We're gonna, that's, uh, that's the highlight we're looking forward to. But we, before we get there, very quickly, um, the ICC announced uh, the venues um, for all of the ICC events right up until 2030. The highlights being um, they've, they're going to go to the United States. They've been wanting to do that for over a decade. West Indies and uh, USA host the T20 World Cup in 2024. Pakistan get the 2025 Champions Trophy. With all that entails, um, will India go? Uh, South Africa and Zimbabwe and Namibia will host the World Cup in 2027, the 50-over World Cup, and of course, uh, it comes back to England, Ireland and Scotland as co-hosts in 2030. So you'll. Thoughts on all of that
3: being announced? It's brilliant, man. Look at the, the lineup on that's fantastic. I, I just we just need a little memo to our bosses and say, can we get the ICC <laughs> trophy? Can we get the ICC competitions? You know, brilliant to see you going to America. If we have always wanted to to sort of break into America. Um, I did a World Cup in South Africa. Obviously, didn't go to Zimbabwe, but it's great to see Namibia get. Recognition for what they've just done, qualifying for a tournament, that'll be fantastic. England, Ireland, Scotland, be a great carnival over here. But I think for me, the pick of the whole lot is Pakistan. If cricket can get back into Pakistan, that great country, a great nation, that you know, the, the colourful characters that have come out of Pakistan, the way they've played their cricket, if not only if we can get it back into Pakistan, if we can get India to go to Pakistan in 2025 to play the Champions Trophy, I think that for me is the highlight of what's just been mentioned. So it looks fantastic. I'd, we'd love to be commentating on it, Manners. Yeah, a heads up to, to our bosses. But again, yeah, a lot of ICC trophy competitions and, and there's some fantastic venues there.
2: And news, of course, that uh, one of your favourite young players, Bryden Cars, has been ruled out of the Lions tour and the Big Bash due to a knee injury. Um, So uh, we wish him speedy recovery. Okay, we've got a couple of minutes left. It's that time. We've got two weeks to go till the Ashes start. So, Hammy's Ashes memories.
3: My number three memory, it has to be in it. Fifteen years today. I've always never had a problem talking about it. Um, That ball at Brisbane, 2006, what, 15 years ago today, um, when my best mate, Andrew Flintoff, captain of England, threw me the ball and said, right, you go and take the first over in this Ashes, this long-awaited Ashes series. Um, And then 25 seconds, I duly obliged by giving him it back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's just one of them things, man. I tried too hard. Uh, Preparation is everything. But unfortunately, my preparation going into that series was shocking. I didn't play in Adelaide the week before. I was nervous. I remember talking to Neil Fairbrother about it. And Neil Fairbrother said, I've never seen you nervous before. But the night before that game, that's as nervous as I've ever seen anybody. Um, And then, like I said, I I duly obliged by putting the ball straight back into Andrew Flintoff's hands without Justin Langer getting anywhere near it. Matthew Hoggard's running from fine leg, got to the 30-yard circle with his arms in the air, waving them around, thinking, why is nobody cheering? It's just gone straight to second slip. (laughs) Surely he hasn't. (laughs) Matthew, I did. And then he started doing sort of stretching and he's throwing his arms around stretching because he was bowling the next over. So look, unfortunately, it was one of them things in history that happened. I got to bowl another ball. Um, my pride and joy of that series was I never, I never missed a Test match. I played every single day. Can you imagine the abuse I got for nine weeks on that trip after that first ball? Um, we weren't very good. Australia were fantastic, and they deserved to be us 5 0 because we, we didn't have the right side. On, players that were good enough to play against us, that great Australia side in Australia you know, Vaughan was gone Triscothic was gone Jones was gone we, we were a shadow of the side that played them in 2005 and it didn't matter whether it was Andrew Strauss or Andrew Flintoff as captain I think if Michael Vaughan had been captain we still would have gotten beat 5 now.
2: Did you ever bowl a ball like that before or after?
3: No, I didn't. I didn't. So, um, no, I didn't. I did get asked. I did get asked by a journalist the next summer came to the ground at Durham and he said it was 33 to one to uh, <laughs> to be uh, for a wide for the first ball. And I quickly evicted him from the, the, the Riverside. Um, but it was a good job three or four of my teammates got in between me because I was like, you really think if I wanted a bowler wide at 33-1, to one, I would have done it that way? Please. <laughs> so, no, uh, I've never done it again um, and yeah, I was just one of them things. I can laugh about it now.
2: We look forward to uh, your top two <laughs> memories in the next fortnight before the first test at the Gabba. Thanks, Harmy. You've been listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. And don't forget... You can hear India's two-match test series against New Zealand live right here on TalkSport 2 starting this Thursday from 4am. We'll be back at the same time next week to look back at that first test and look ahead to the second, amongst other things. This has been the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2.
1: The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados